This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. An insecure podcast on Post Show Recap. That's right. We got y'all. In this fifth and final season of Insecure, we are here to talk about HBO's groundbreaking, generation-defining comedy, Insecure. I'm your host, you love the most, Latanya Starks, and here to discuss season five, episode two, growth, okay? Like, okay? I love the question mark and the exclamation point at the end of okay. <laughs> But yeah, it's growth, okay, and it's not just about how glorious Issa Rae's hair has gotten over the seasons. Um, tonight, we have a very special episode for you featuring a very, very special guest. By my podcasting side, as usual, is the intrepid, never tepid, Chappelle. Chappelle, <laughs> how are you doing tonight? As the actual host you love the most, I'm doing well. <laughs> how are you? I'm Latanya, thank you. Thank you so much. I'm doing uh-huh. well. How are you? Great. Oh, I, you know, I was doing fine before that comment. But, I'm just you know. saying, dude, like, if you're the most and I'm the most, I'm like the mostest. Uh-huh. You know, like one step above. But it's cool. Right. I then, of course, we have the lovely, talented speaker of truth, spreader of love, Mari Forth. Mari, what's going on, girl? Well, I, I mean, I was doing good as well until Chappelle got a little shady there. So, uh, whoa, how I'm shady when she started it? He's, he, I think he's trying. He's he's getting sick and tired of the like the two on ones. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I needed to bring in a tag team partner this week. <laughs> yeah, maybe we got some help for him. Some backup. We may have some help. Um, it is an absolute honor and a privilege, really, um, to welcome an icon to this podcast. You all know him as your favorite Survivor player and promoter of all things, um, host of the Purple Pants podcast, and the man that Chappelle loves to call Spicy on Twitter. Spicy! (laughs) It's none other than the one, the only, it's it's a Bryce Isaiah. Bryce with that spice. Welcome to the podcast. How are you? I am good. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here to talk about Insecure with my family. Yes. Yes. Yay! Uh, (laughs) We're so excited to have you, Bryce. Yeah. This is truly an honor. Um, I, I remember when we met, um, I'll be brief, um, back during (laughs) (laughs) interviews for a class of 2020 and I instantly fell in love, like instantly. It was one of those things where I immediately went and told my sister about you. Um, 
And just like going through this podcasting journey, having you as a person to be able to look up to and now having you as a guest on a podcast that we are doing is it's just it feels right. It feels like it's meant to be. So thank you for being here. Look at God indeed. Yes. (laughs) You praise his name. Yes. Oh, (laughs) how are you doing i am good i am really really good we just came back from a bryson Wynn presents uh event in dc where we had mari mm-hmm. scott mari there Matt scott. <laughs> yeah. like, wait, wait. <laughs> mari scott merged y'all yeah. all together it's baby fine. boy is wetting the whistle so <laughs> let that uh let that y'all pass. yeah but you know um so it's been great uh had to work had a very busy weekend i discovered this weekend that um i ain't in my 20s no more um, there it is. <laughs> to go yeah. out two days in a row yeah two <laughs> days two days the struggle is real there's no way i'd do that oh mm. meanwhile over here like i'm like trying to keep a toddler that's hopped up on halloween sugar like <laughs> to Yes. possibly calm down in the background so i like, can't believe you gave that child that candy that candy is for show uh, <laughs> for play play. i i had to bribe him to get him into this costume like he would not stand his costume without yeah. some candy and now he's chocolate wasted we love that we love yes. that running hey, up bryce, and down yes bryce for the people who might have just stumbled into this podcast about insecure and do not know who you are those lost lost people do you mind telling everybody a little bit about yourself because i feel like in the rob has a podcast community you are the biggest celebrity in the post Rica celebrity community you're a celebrity as well but talk about yourself bryce tell the people who you are Uh, i I don't really like i'm just bryce isaiah uh from philadelphia i happen to to I don't know if I actually played the show Survivor, uh, <laughs> but I made an appearance on an episode or two. A uh, very I, special guest appearance. A very That's how you it know, was built. Okay, short, mm-hmm. short lasting. Um, I've got a podcast, Purple Pants Podcast, and yeah, I'm a lover of all things TV shows, especially Insecure. Yeah, and yeah, Bryce is of course being modest because again, mm-hmm. I think all of us have said that um, we're. We've, we're in this podcast game. We're able to do this because of the things that Bryce has done to open doors for uh, Black podcasters like ourselves. So this truly is an honor to have him on with us. Yeah. Humble. Yes. This Bryce is Bryce is lying. Bryce is way more than what he just said. Bryce, I'm a lover of TV. Bryce is a life coach. He gives advice. He tells he's a storyteller. A rapper. Bryce is an icon, a rapper, uh, yes. music lover. If you have not checked out the Purple Pants podcast, please check out Bryce Isaiah and all the things that he brings because he like Mari said, he is the reason why many of us are here doing this thing. And so we appreciate you, Bryce. Yeah, I appreciate you, that. I always don't know how to take that. I be, I like, <laughs> I just be like, that awkward yeah. kid. Uh, and I, I receive it. And, uh, but it, I, sometimes I'll just be like, y'all sure y'all talking to me? Like, I, I don't know if I did all of those things that no, y'all were saying. You but no, you were, yes, you're, you too, you're too pure to even yeah. brag we, about yourself. That we, is <laughs> in and of itself why I love you. I, yeah, just I got that from you too, Bryce. Yeah, I mean, it's something I, I picked I, up from you, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think the other side. There's no one ever. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. So, um, this is going to be a fun episode. I can already tell. I'm very excited about this. 
Um, Bryce, thank you again. I'm going to keep thanking you periodically. <laughs> um, it's not in the notes, but still. Um, so tonight was a true ride of an episode. It was a comedic tour de force performance by Issa Rae as usual. Um, so I'm excited to break it down with this panel here. And I want to start by asking you all to sum up this episode in three words. You go first, what? Bryce. Uh, three words. Uh, Chappelle's against this. He's like, what? Yeah, I, what? Yeah. I didn't know we had homework. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> the outline took me out. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> I would say probably, uh, whew, it's me. me. <laughs> yes. Perfect. <laughs> Chappelle. Uh, whew. Yeah, this is uh this was a growth episode as the title talks about. Uh definitely authenticity in there. And um yeah, um I don't know what my third word is. I don't know. So growth, authenticity, and uh it was very black. This is a black episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, those are my three words. Mari, right. yeah, three words. All right, three words. Okay. So um transformation. Ooh. You're like I, because I, when they said growth, okay, like that is a great title for this, but I'm not, I don't want to use that on like some people. So let's Ooh. say um, <laughs> transformation, rebuilding, and um, you could say growth. That's okay. Let's, let's say petty. Let's let's say there's some there's a little bit of funny petty in this episode. That a little I can't bit wait to talk about a little bit. Um, those are all great. Um, and yes. The the big talk of the episode was this one year time jump, which Mari you predicted just by watching hey. the preview of future episodes, or you're a time traveler. It's one <laughs> of those two things, uh, but it's definitely nothing else. Um, I'm excited that you predicted this. Um, what did you think of the time jump, Mari? And do you think that jumping ahead one year was where we should be? Yeah, I mean, like. I definitely predicted it. And it made me think, it made me think about season four where like we were kind of, we weren't time jumping, but they were marking time for us. Like, you know, season four, each episode was like five months before the block party, four months before the block party. So when I saw one year later, I was like, Whoa, like I legit was like, Oh snap. Like I didn't, I didn't expect the time jump to come like episode two, but I really did like this because like we said last week, we, we came into the story. It felt like stuff was, was resolved or resolving and we were coming into it. So with one year later, it's the same kind of thing. So I like that we were now in different places. We weren't technically seeing all of the struggle because if you really think about it, we've seen these characters struggle <laughs> for yeah. at least three seasons. Yeah. So we don't really need to see those same storylines being told. So I do like that. They kind of jumped ahead to Issa the block is taken off in a sense and seeing her as she's doing the job, not still her grinding to, to do the job. So like in a sense. Um, so I really did like this time jump. And now it's making me think like, I wonder if, you know, in a few episodes down the line, are we going to get another one and another mm-hmm. one? You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, Cause that could be really interesting groundbreaking TV. If like by the season finale, where like, six years later or something like that, you know? Um, yeah. But yeah, I really enjoyed this. I thought this was very smart um, TV uh, writing here. Bryce, what do you think of a time jump um, as a form of like storytelling mojo? Like, what do you think that 
it lends to or detracts from a project? I I like it and I don't like it. I feel like when I was watching it and they were like one year later, I was thinking in my head like one year later from the last episode or are we setting up something where we're going to like jump back? Uh, But I really do like the, the time travel in this essence because like Mari was saying like we've seen these characters struggle. Like we've already seen Issa and Molly on the outs. Like I don't feel like wasting the rest of the season them getting back on good terms. So for that point, I really like the fact that we jumped a year and we see them in a much better place in their lives. So for me, it's like, yes, let's speed past the bullshit and get yeah. to like <laughs> the meat and potatoes. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, Chappelle, any any thoughts before we go to our first ad break? No, I agree. I I, I even mentioned it last week with uh, the Lawrence stuff with, you know, his baby mama drama. Like, do we really have to sit through another black show where all the black folks fighting about petty stuff and, you know, Mm -hmm. things, uh, Mm -hmm. even if it's not petty, just like, you know, let's celebrate us for once. And so that's why I really like this episode, because there wasn't a lot of that. And so the time jump, I think, served it well. But I do agree with Mari and and Bryce as well. All right. Um, What an episode. Um, I don't know about y'all, but I'm excited to jump into it. But first, we have to take a quick break to pay some bills. Uh, we'll be back and talk about season five, episode two of Insecure. The game is afoot. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're back. All right. So like we said before the break, we join our characters um, after a, a year after last week's episode. So that's where we are on the timeline. Um, we're going to kind of like break this up uh, for this episode because it's so um, focused on kind of like the parallel or maybe oppositional lives that Molly and Issa um, um, are living. So uh, we're going to talk about Issa first. Um, We start off with like a time passing montage that we see where everything is lit differently and like everything is sped up to like let us know that the uh, time is actually passing and we get the one year later title card as Issa alarm goes off. uh, Issa's alarm goes off because she's ready to start her day. And then we also see Molly's perspective um, and She's also ready to start her day. Um, they both use different implements of um, a uh, battery-powered kind. Uh, one is a toothbrush and one is not. Um, <laughs> we, you know, we're ch- <laughs> checking out social media um, to see how hot the block really is versus Kelly Rowland's Zen moments, um, which is that an actual thing? Does Kelly Rowland like, have something on the Calm app? Uh, yes, as a Destiny's Ooh. Child uh, <laughs> wizardry, yes, she does have a, uh, a calm type of app like that gives you positive motivation and like keeps you together. So that is a real thing. Shout out to Kelly Rowland, win the album. Shout out. That's yes. awesome. That's hmm. fantastic. Kelly Rowland does have a really like great Velvety. voice for, yes. yeah, just for, you know, 
you could just like melt into a chair, you know, yeah. listening to that voice. Pour it on something. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, but her, Beyonce, her Beyonce do be singing a lot sometimes. Because I, you, you, you all ever heard the conspiracies about Kelly Rowland being the voice on some of the Beyonce songs? Yeah. Yeah. Don't listen to We've Boobie Licious again. It. Tell me. Yeah. Go listen to Check Up On It and tell check me that ain't Kelly Rowland. I just want to see it. That was the moment hey. that all of us black women realized that we could wear a lot of pink and should. Mm-hmm. And it was very exciting. <laughs> it was a milestone. Oh. Yeah. Um, so we see that Issa's company, The Block, which exists and is thriving. It's here. Um, yeah. Yeah. Has reached 10,000 followers, I believe is what it said. Yep. Um, and she gets told by um, a relatively creepy woman that she saved her <laughs> life. That woman looked like one of the tethered. I was scared. Um, <laughs> well, I was trying to figure out where they were coming out of. I was like, what yeah, is happening right I, now? I just like thought that it was some kind of book event. Like maybe they That's had little like, discussions. Well, um, on, it was mm-hmm. Esa Juan Books in Lamar Park. Okay. So okay. Issa, okay. Issa is a big fan of Esa Juan Books. What it was is that it was, it was a uh, book cart originally, right? And then it became the space for black people to sell black books about black people to black people. And Ooh. so Esa Juan Books is a big part of the way Insecure started off because Issa actually met Prentice Penny on at Esawan Books. So whoa, like this whoa. is like their origin that. story. And so it's really cool that they do this because Esawan Books has taken off. There's a website, Esawanbooks.com. Uh but like the reason why it's taken off so much in recent years is because of the uh the events with George Floyd. And so like you see that like mm. when that stuff happened, it aw- it awoken a large part of population and where people wanted to read more and find out more and learn more about these things that had been previously hidden, you know, by the media and not highlighted in the way that showcased, you know, exactly what was happening and what these black people were doing in their communities. And so S1 Bookstore is like a big uh, part of Insecure just at large. And so I was very happy to see it. Hmm. I got to look it up. There. Yeah. yeah. Get into it. Thanks, Chappelle. Well, sometimes you know. useful. See what I can do in an hour? <laughs> I'm sorry, 45 minutes. Oh. <laughs> there we go. All right. So Issa and Molly seem to be doing okay. They're back on their old sleepover game. Um, they're both really busy, it seems, with their like, you know, actual careers and their lives taking off. But it seems like their friendship is a priority for both of them again. They're having pasta nights. They're staying busy thinking about boys and doing their sleepovers. What, how, how do we, what do we feel, feel about, about this? this? Yeah, I was just about to <laughs> about say, I'm like, we gotta sleepover. stop here. Both yeah. of us are like, let's stop here because, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I'm glad that they're like, you know, on good, a good page now. I, I'm really happy that they've repaired their friendship. They've gotten over the awkward laughing at the each other's stupid jokes. Um, right. style. like it looks like they're legit, um, together, but we get, we get the scene where Issa's like, Oh, I got you your own p- pillow. Cause you're, if you're going to keep staying over, do I think this is good, but do we not see this as some sort of like transference of codependence or anything like that? It's given trauma buddies. Like it's giving like is. trauma, <laughs> like they bonding over Boy. trauma. And it doesn't, <clears throat> to me, like I spend a night at my friend's house all the time, but for me, it's giving like a, like codependency, like not mm-hmm. in a healthy mm-hmm. way. Um, And if you are growing, where the growth, if like, you know, it just seems that it, it's not that healthy for them. Um, right. But I mean, I love a good snuggle buddy. So, 
Yeah, because it's not even just a sleepover. Like, you know, Issa is sleeping in Molly's bed with her. Like, they they clearly have just gone through a lot in terms of um, losing respect, like, respective people in their relationships around the same time. And, you know, it's those types of events that can often lead friends to come back together after they've been estranged for a while. And then when that happens... You have like almost a honeymoon period, if that makes any sense. Um, And you end up being like really clingy with that person. So, Mm. yeah, that's something that we need to keep an eye out on the season, the rest of the season to see how their friendship shapes up. I find it different. I I feel like I've been in the situations where I've had close friends and then they get booed up and then they ain't got time for me no more. And then when they not booed up, then it's like, hey, friend, where you been at? And I'm always like, no, but I do think it is an interesting, like, because they both were kind of like, you know, and they doing their own perspective things. And now they're at a place where, like, they need each other. So I don't know if it's necessarily, um, like, I, I wouldn't look at it as a side eye. Like, we don't have nothing to do uh, per se. But I, I just definitely have been in those situations where, like, a friend ain't got no time for me because they in a new relationship. And I could have told you he was going to cheat, but let me go let <laughs> just do it yourself. And then you come back and now I'm booked and busy. But um, I don't necessarily see it like that, but I definitely think um, it's good for them to connect. But it is definitely like, I think there was one point when um, Issa was like seeing what a uh, homeboy was doing. And he's like, well, I'm going out. What about you? Well, it's fr- Freaky Friday. Like, no, girl, that's weird. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I disagree to an extent. You know, like I, I do understand what y'all are saying about codependency, especially that trauma bonding. Like Bryce, you hit the nail on the head. But mm-hmm. I do think it's something to be said about making time for the people in your life that you love. You know, and mm-hmm. so like if they if they link up on Fridays, you know, then that's cool, you know. But it looks like they're overworked. You know, both of them are falling asleep at these link ups, you know, whether mm-hmm. it's Molly falling asleep on Issa or later on Issa falling asleep on Nathan. So I do think there's some value to spending time with your loved ones while you still have them here. But yeah, you definitely don't want to cross that line to where you are clinging on to them for dear life because y'all have gone through so much. Um, so yeah, I could I can see it both ways, but I kind of enjoyed seeing them back together for once, you know, because um, like we've seen them just at each other's throats yeah, for so long. Right. Season was yeah, a lot. Like two seasons yeah. almost, or at least a season yeah, and a two half. Se- two seasons, really. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I think y'all made a great point with that. Yeah. So speaking of Nathan, as Chappelle mentioned, um, Issa is planning another event for Nathan's business, um, celebrating their one year um, anniversary of opening up that shop that we saw the um, business front. Um, like what was it last season um, that mm-hmm. Nathan showed this to Issa? Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's, but you know, even while they're talking about business, it's pretty obvious that there are some vibes between Issa and Nathan. Um, like, I just want to stop down for a second um, before we discuss any more of this and ask um, this question. Cause we only spoke briefly about Nathan in our preview show. Um, we just had a lot of like material to cover and he's not in a lot of the show, frankly. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, what do you all think about Issa and Nathan and like where more importantly, where does Nathan rank on the F boy scale? Uh, where a one is a thug Yoda and a why is ten... like, well, pause, pause, pause. What? what did thug Yoda do to you? <laughs> what? That's why he's thug the Yoda one. Is just, that's why he's, he's the one. one. 
Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But why he even got to be on the scale? Y'all exempt Thug Yoda. Y'all, every time we get on here, Thug Yoda got to take these shots. Why are you so obsessed with, why, pick, with pick Thug Yoda? One of these, pick one of these dudes that he's already done messed with. It's <laughs> like, hilarious, like, though. We could do, We what should we do? Uh, TSA Bay? Yeah. I think Bay was cool. Okay. Okay. Yeah, sure. Yeah, let's, yeah. Okay. let's um, do that. Let's, that kind of thing, let's so just make space. We will yeah, audible make... because yeah. our diva wants it to be so. Diva? Okay, <laughs> okay, 1045. Oh. <laughs> okay. All right. So one is no longer Thug Yoda. One is uh, TSA Bay and 10 is Dro. <laughs> just like the effiest of all the F okay. boys. What did Dro really do? Oh my gosh. We don't... <laughs> No, seriously, what did Dro do? I mean, that is a good he point. He did not though. respect Dro- her boundaries. He did not respect it, Molly's yeah. boundaries. Once she had him, he did not respect her boundaries. And she said, "He said, she said, I have boundaries." And he said, "Okay." And that was it. It was over. Are you are you bugging? He broke into her I, house. What's like, happening? He, Wait, he broke into her to... house. Yeah, I don't remember that. Okay, I'm gonna rewatch season two. <laughs> I don't remember that either. But he could break right, into mine. A break. But, uh, <laughs> she told him. She told him he needed space, and she needed space. And then the next day, he showed up. Like she was like in the shower, and he came. She came out of the shower, she, and he was in her living room. He was like, "Oh yeah, did. I used the key. I used the key that you gave key. me." But Drew <laughs> was married though, right? Yeah, yeah but it was okay. open. It was an open relationship. Oh my open gosh. Enough. Oh my God. The dog I... is open. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Apparently, so is the library. Um, yes. <laughs> so where does Nathan break into somebody's yeah. house with a key? Yeah, where is where does Nathan rank? You can break into someone's house with a key. Yes, you can. Uh, unlocking the door. <laughs> I just come on. Consent is not a slippery slope here. It's no. really not. Stick it, don't give I, people your key. <laughs> mm. Mm. So, so key for you to come and go, but also right. don't come you, and go. Yeah. At the mo- current moment, don't need Jesus. You can answer this question. <laughs> um, see, I I uh, have a very problematic issue with Nathan. Um, I feel mm. like again, my life is very much so similar. To Issa and Molly's. And then in the Nathan situation, I done had <clears throat> a time or two <laughs> where, you know, I done gave up the Lord's glory and <laughs> have not heard from somebody. And so that's just very triggering for me. Oh, um, my God. So Can we just for- stop for a second and talk about the term gave up the, the <laughs> Lord's glory? I don't but, see any problem. We have, a, we, we have a lot of outline to go through. We cannot stop. Bryce, no, okay, look, keep that's going, fine. please. Okay. <laughs> I just wanted to point it out. <laughs> gave up the Lord's glory and it wasn't a Sunday. But what I was saying is that, like, you know, and like, you know, I text before and, and you know, so this, the Nathan character for me is just very problematic in the sense of, I, uh-huh. again, I don't know how y'all look at it, but a lot of times I look at Insecure and I put myself into these characters. Uh, yeah. So I get mm-hmm. emotionally invested a lot. Mm-hmm. And so I like for Nathan to come back, it's just like, no, like we cannot be friends at all. Like, because one, I'm going to want to. Give up the Lord's <laughs> glory again, and right. you don't deserve it. And so, for me to then like want to help you to then say that we're going to be friends, it's it, it, it's just like yeah. And the reason why I would not consider Nathan an f boy is because he's very true to like what he is, and so it's really easy mm-hmm. for like lowering her guard and putting herself in these positions because the f boy going to do what the f boy like. Like we see this episode. He came over. You know, he's like, I'm about to go. He said, like, no, stay, spend the night. She wants that intimate 
like connection to like lay next to somebody like it's Molly and it's not. The F mm-hmm. boy wanna the Lord's glory. And uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> she's not ready. And like for him to leave in the middle, like, yeah, no, I'm good on Nathan. Okay. You had me on the uh the what was it? The carnival, the the Ferris uh, wheel. Yeah, the Ferris Ferris wheel. Ferris wheel. Mm-hmm. But it's done. Yeah, it's that I agree that that is a relationship that maybe should have ended that season. Maybe. When he just didn't, you know what I mean? I'm just, I'm, you know, parsing my words here, but like, it should have ended when he just ghosted her. I mean, you don't do that to somebody. You just really don't. Um, And, you know, I understand that he was dealing with a mental illness. We don't know the severity of it. Um, We just know that he found out that he was bipolar. Mm-hmm. So, you know, but that's all, those are all things that can be easily communicated. Right. And I also feel like it's a, I, okay. I, yeah, okay. Spicy. Spicy. I want to get yeah. on here, but spicy. I also feel Do like it. that is a scapegoat that a lot of people like to use and like to say, and they like to say, oh, it's like, no, okay. You can still be bipolar and pick up the phone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, this okay. is very true. Let me, uh, let me just step back because no, like the Nathan character really, uh, is problematic for me. And don't get me wrong. Like, yes, I understand. Um, you need to figure yourself out and you need to do this, but. Bitch, you could call. You can text. <laughs> yeah. If your I mom agree. calls you, would you pick up? Yeah. Right. You just like send a text. They could they work as friends from what we've seen, but like it's just too tempting. Like it's just too tempting. Mm-hmm. Like I think Molly says, uh, she says, I you're, you know, you're bigger than me because I can't be friends with somebody who's whose dick I've seen. I think that was the, the word she used. Um, but it, it does seem like they they do have a very good friend vibe. And I, I really wish Issa didn't like, or both of them kind of try and cross the line in this episode for mm-hmm. it, because I, I think they, they really could serve each other well, just as friends. Like I, you don't need to be in a relationship with every like person of the opposite sex that you meet. Ooh, it sounds like we should be discussing Issa instead of Nathan. Let's, let's change oh the narrative here because it's, <laughs> it was only one season ago where Molly said, it's like you like drama. It's like you invite <laughs> this stuff into your house. Issa, this man, you had your fling with him on the Ferris wheel in the swimming pool, all this other stuff. He ghosted you. And now here it is a year or so later and you are helping him with his business and then inviting him over. Which one is it, Issa? Are y'all business partners? Are y'all cuddle buddies? Are y'all more than that? Are y'all Ferris wheeling mm-hmm. it up? Are you giving up the Lord's glory? Issa, <laughs> what are you doing? Don't pretend that it's not a complex situation. It is not that to com- be, it, complex, actually, it in can, my opinion. It can no. be complex for people. I'm not saying it would be complex for me. I have forgotten <laughs> so many people's names that it's not even funny. Like, you cross oh. me, and yeah. like mafia style is basically how I deal with it. But, but, well, all, I'm, all I'm saying is that what what Issa is doing is inviting possible drama into her life by inviting this man that has brought drama to her life before into her bed while she's trying to do business with him. I'm not saying she should never talk to the man again or they can't be friends, but ex cuddle buddies, ex well, current cuddle buddies, business partners ghosted all that in one relationship. And you're like, Oh, come get in my bed. That's not, not something that just like spells out a recipe for success no it doesn't but he's really attractive and he has that voice all right (laughs) but i also i I agree with you yeah i I agree with Chappelle and i agree with bryce here because it just kind of shows 
I mean, I don't, maybe we should keep going, but it just kind of shows that like Issa has never operated without somebody there to kind of prop her up. So mm-hmm. right. that's what she, she needed. And I mean, unfortunately I'm going to have to quote Chappelle here when she, when he says Wait. Issa is a user. <laughs> and this mm-hmm. did feel like one of those moments where she wasn't feeling good about herself and she tried to use Nathan and it just didn't go the way that it, that she thought it would, which might be a good thing. It might be right. she was re- realizing her growth here. So. Yeah, for sure. She need, yeah. <sighs> it was and we'll lot, talk more yo. about that moment yeah. when we get to it as well, because there's just so much to unpack there. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But so, you know, back to it, the plot points, both Issa and Nathan go to get uh, some food at Swift Cafe, which is a place I've never been to, but I'm sure is amazing because it's on this show. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they're just discussing like event planning. They're hitting it off. They've always had a really natural rapport with each other. Um, Issa then asked Nathan if he has plans later. So this is kind of like foreshadowing to what we were speaking about earlier that we will discuss later. Um, and it seems like he has a date, like he has plans, plans. Um, mm-hmm. while Issa has a movie night with Molly, mm-hmm. uh, which is, you know, awkward, but they like recover pretty quickly just because they have that rapport with one another. Um, so yeah. And I just have to say this. Is, I love this part when, um, when Issa was like, how many bitches make a bevy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Molly was like seven. Cause Issa said he had like, he probably has a bevy of bitches. I was, Cracking up. I'm sorry. I he said that. And before the 30 minute episode was over, was like, add me to the bevy. Yeah. Make it, make it, make <laughs> add it, me to turn that location. bevy up. It is a right. woman's right so, to change her mind. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> Issa, and Issa, I'm glad she changed it right on back. I'm glad yeah. she did. Um, so at the block, or actually at, uh, what is it, NBW? The uh, company. Nothing but water. <laughs> right. <laughs> is, that what it, is that what it is? Is, is that, that what it is? Yes. Oh, oh, that's the that, name of the company. That's the name oh, of the company. Box of water. Gosh, yeah. That makes so much sense. Yeah. I'm so uh, sorry. I was so they, confused. Yeah, no, like, the character, um, <laughs> well, the character who is like the person running the company was introduced in episode one on that panel. Um, yeah, Nadia. Uh, Nadia. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so I guess, you know, she was able to like recognize that. Issa was doing good things with the block and then bring her over to a place where she can essentially get funding for her um, events, like get backers. Um, so Issa and Sequoia are giving a pitch uh, for an artist named Crenshaw, which I have to tell you is one of the great names. Amazing. <laughs> Sorry, Bryce. What do you Sorry. think of this name? I mean, I think it's great. Uh, Crenshaw can have a key. <laughs> we know your loved after lockup stories you Bryce. <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> i don't out. know who, them who but was the actor oh uh, he was, my, uh, and, uh, was it kofi kofi yeah, was, yes yeah and was kofi. he played on uh mm, the, mm, the mm. y'all know what i'm talking about let's google he was the in oil. The, the girl's trip wasn't it was no, it yeah, girl's trip or whatever queen sugar queen sugar oh right there we go. Yes. I still sure. we got that because that was not going to get out of my head until we figured it out. Um, so yeah. Crenshaw is a great name. And um, I just like went to look it up to like make sure that it wasn't that they did make this up because if they did, that's a fantastic name to make up. 
Um, <laughs> but the only like Crenshaw that I saw was um, an Asian boy on Instagram. So I don't think that's oh. the same thing. Um, so yeah, they made this, <laughs> this up completely. Um, but yeah, so essentially um, Issa is pitching this artist to the people at nothing but water. Um, but um, Seth and I don't remember the other guy's name, uh, but it's Seth that we follow like through the episode and we'll talk more about him later. Um, they're just saying that like, you know, for his level of experience, the budget that he's asking for is too much. The bells, there's too many bells and whistles to the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and Issa, you know, they suggest all these other artists, but Issa's like, none of these people are local to the community like Crenshaw is. Like, th- this is the whole point of what I'm trying to accomplish here. So I want to ask you all, like, um, what do you think about um, this show highlighting the fact that it's so much more difficult for Black creators to even, like, get into the room um, than it is for anyone else to do so? And the care with which we should treat artists um especially when they have experience like with the penal system uh bryce i'd love to hear your thoughts on this um i definitely another part that resonated with me because i i just felt like of my corporate career this has been my dilemma um in the sense of i feel like Issa in so many different ways. I feel like there have been committees that I have sat on. There have been things or projects that I've been asked to be a part of that I want to like, you know, give it the whole, the Bryce bells and the whistle. And time and time again, I'm told like, oh, we like this, but not like that. And like, let's do this. And get, and I, 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 I struggle with uh, the pushback. And so I, mm. um, I really just felt Issa in the sense of like, feeling like you're fighting for the right thing and like, okay, like as long as I can get this person on, it's amazing. And then we see later in the episode how that kind of worked out with her and that person. But I definitely just felt like that's just literally been my professional career. Um, Always like wanting to represent myself and the communities that I represent. And um, oftentimes feeling like I am just more used as a mascot or just, or mm. just as like just show up we don't really want you to, like you know and so like mm. i definitely just was feeling Issa's dilemma um in in wanting to grow in the company or, or grow your own personal and still being authentic but at the same time like getting to the bag and at one point mm-hmm. you feel like are you selling yourself out um so i i i just definitely felt Issa's dilemma in this because it is is very realistic and I know a lot of young black professionals can relate to this in the corporate world where you've been put in a situation where you feel like you know you you have an idea or you want to do something and, and you're told no not this and not that but do this mm-hmm. but like okay then why are you asking me to sit on this board yeah it's yeah. like compromising your vision they they basically asked her to compromise her vision to the total point of just completely getting rid of her artist you know what i'm saying yeah like you know because first we go with let's get rid of him completely and then we go oh well we have a few notes you know Mm -hmm. um so it's a tough spot to be in and and especially when you're in a like like the one guy said you're like in a new company you know Issa is just trying to get the block up and running she had just convinced mbw nothing but water to unback her it took me a minute to like i am i am a like 
Like my career is very straightforward, very like you do this, you do that. Like this entertainment stuff, I don't understand like the power mm-hmm. structures of it. But so it took me a, a minute in the episode to realize like um the block is basically it's an event planning company, you know, that Issa does right. and nothing but water. They're the one, they're the brand that's funding certain events to help get their name out there. So Issa technically she like works for them, but she doesn't work for them. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it's a very like kind of sensitive situation to be in. So it, it really sucks that she had to really try and um, balance what she wants and what they wanted. And I think that this was such a great depiction of what Bryce said, a lot of black professionals go through. And I love that they're opening this conversation of, especially like is, is Issa a sellout, you know, Crenshaw calls her a sellout, you know, down mm-hmm. the road. So yeah. it's, it's such a, a, great um topic to really discuss about you know being black in the workplace yeah Chappelle, any thoughts yeah no i agree with everyone i mean this was just a moment of them saying you know this might be a little too black for us you know like right. you mm-hmm. got like or a little bit too crenshaw you know you know mm-hmm. like oh do we need low rider bikes do we need drummers do we need you know crenshaw's vision and his vision is that he is like he went to jail and went prison and he studied like well basically in prison he found his like passion for the intersection mm-hmm. of fashion and hip-hop and that's what he wants to address and they're like yeah but what if everybody don't like that you know like what if that turns some people off and that's what you do when like like bryce was saying even in bryce's space bryce is popular because he's Bryce but then it's like well you can be Bryce but don't be too Bryce because we don't want to turn nobody off or I'm uncomfortable with some aspects of Bryce so now I need you to turn that down but I still want Bryce it's like you can't have that all the time and so yeah he says in a tight spot because you have to uh, cater to the client in a lot of ways, but you also have to show care to your artist. And so, yeah, this happens. This, this is, uh, and this is Issa's world. You know, like Mara was saying, her career is like very straightforward, but Issa chose this. And so she has to learn how to navigate this or she won't be able to be successful. Can I ask the question? Do you feel like she was selling out? No, I don't. No, no yeah. I don't. No, I, I think, I think she was, tr- she fought for her artist in a way that like a lot of people would not have. And I feel like she, she put her foot down and said, no, there are certain things that you can't do. Cause a sellout probably would have been like, okay, how about you just pick a different artist? It's fine. You know, but she really did. Mm -hmm. Right. I'm gonna get my money regardless. Crenshaw, I'm sorry that you don't like this, but this is what we doing. Or we could go with somebody else. And she really did try to work as a team. So I appreciated that from her. Do you, can I ask another question? Cause I think this is an interesting topic because uh, and so that's from Issa's standpoint. Now, from Crenshaw, or I'm saying Crenshaw, Crenshaw's <laughs> standpoint, <laughs> do you feel like, because I feel like there are, um, in the Black community, there are, like, professional, like, you know, of, like, the young Black, and then there are sometimes, like, uh, other, like, I don't want to say other, but there are people that are, that that don't necessarily get the struggle of, what a young black professional is um as opposed to just you know maybe somebody that is not in the corporate world and so mm-hmm. like to crenshaw's point like oh you selling out like i get what he's like i don't know from his perspective do you feel like she is selling out i mean you can see why from his perspective he right. can he can get that because He's like, I came up with this. This is my vision, especially as a fashion designer. Like, <sighs> like if we really stop and think about this, because I, I mean, again, I don't know too much about the entertainment uh, business, but I watch Project Runway. And <laughs> those people are very, like, when it comes to fashion designers, and you can see it from, like, the Savage and Fenty runways, you know, uh, Gucci, whatever. Like, when it comes to fashion design and fashion runways, 
when they have a vision, it really is like a baby. It's the execution. It goes every like with their collection and stuff. So when you have this, you say, this is what I want to represent. This is what I want to put out there. This is how I want to um, show off my clothes. And then you have people coming back. Well, get rid of everything. <laughs> you know, yeah. you can see why he's frustrated because would they have told a white designer to get rid of some of that stuff? You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. so I completely understood Crenshaw's frustrations i really thought like would you be telling any other designer this to completely change their vision right because what if he had taken out those parts would it have made would the um show have been as cohesive probably not will it have made it as big an impact probably not so i mean did he go about it the right way i don't think so but it it happened and it worked so it's like you know, you 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 can see it from both their point of views. You re- you really really can, and I think that's I, I, it's so great that they they had those those different perspectives, right? And I think where Issa might have, because I definitely think Krishan was wrong in how he handled this, but I think mm-hmm. where Issa probably could have done a little bit better is that when your artist is adamant about something, I think as the like as the manager or the person hooking them up with this, you might at that point want to say, "Do you even want to do this?" You know, like if this is too much editing for you, do you want to do, would you like to go a different route? Should I go with someone else? Because she was fighting so hard for them to win. She said, I want us to win as a team. It's like, okay, but he doesn't want to win like this. Right. And so you have to realize maybe at that point, it's not a team anymore. You have to start thinking about what he wants. And he's saying, I'm doing it my way regardless. Also, it's not the most polished individual when it comes to business. You know, he just got out there, you know, not, not his realm. And so you have to understand that when you use people who haven't necessarily been in that world or whatever, they're going to do what they're going to do. And you might end up not only like, you know, getting the bag, but you might also end up holding it, you know, Mm -hmm. and taking the L later on because of bad business practices. So I think in that moment when she sees that, like, there's a lot of pushback instead of saying, okay, we going to do this. Like, listen to me, trust me, maybe trust the artist and say, okay, look, maybe this ain't the event for you. You know, maybe I do need to back out and maybe I need to like, you know, come back with something better or something different. Different, you know, and then we we can Krishan, we can work with something different for you, somebody who is willing to, you know, use your vision. I think she just really wanted to win uh, for them, you know, a lot in that moment, and so maybe she could have prevented that by, you know, kind of backing out of that a little bit. I think that it's good um, that they're showing these career struggles because this is new for Issa. Um, like, even though she's been, you know, doing this work with the block for a year now, she started this herself. It's like her babies. It started off small and has gotten progressively bigger thanks to the connections that she's made. But that doesn't mean that she knows how to do any of this stuff. Like there's not a handbook that, you know, you get when working with um, like, you know, basically in production and like um, working to try to make art happen. There's, no, the, I mean, the best type of advice you can get comes from like speaking to other people about it or just going through it yourself and then knowing that you would probably handle that situation differently if it happened again. Um, yeah. So I, I think that it's good that they're showing that they're giving Issa room to make mistakes and to maybe make some questionable calls because that's the only way that you learn how to do any business. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we already talked a little bit about, um, the actual, um, performance, like the show, um, on that day, um, of the event, Molly arrives to support Issa and is impressed by the large scale of the event as well, which is classic Molly to be like, oh, this isn't like 
just busted? Oh, <laughs> you did a good Again, job. Again, they're still surprised. A year later. <laughs> I mean, Issa be doing some off-brand stuff sometimes. So, <laughs> you know, we I, I give Molly a little grace with this one because sometimes Issa have you in somebody's apartment complex, you know, <laughs> getting your car towed. <laughs> <laughs> So Issa gives an interview about the event um, and Crenshaw to just the best supporting character. This woman yeah, is back. Shannon is back. <laughs> I, did she start on YouTube? I yeah, thought she was started on like, YouTube in um, like season four, right? Yeah. And, yeah. And was interviewing Issa like she was an actual reporter. And she was like, oh, no, this is just for my YouTube channel. I haven't even started it yet, but I wanted to look professional. So I think it's great that she has come back and she's going to be like the go to reporter for all things the block. I was very excited to see her. Yes. Uh, uh, she she gonna be the go-to reporter or else because she said, if you don't do this interview with me, I'm gonna do an expose on you. Okay. Yeah. Said, Ma'am. Yeah. I mean, that's how you get ahead in journalism. <laughs> I you guess know? so. People are paying 40 grand a year to learn that. So. Oh um, my gosh. So funny. <laughs> so yeah. Um, Issa gives an interview at the same time, Sequoia, her assistant, who I love. I adore yes. Sequoia. Yes. When she yeah, no. metal detected Molly, okay, <laughs> and Molly looking like, "Why are you doing this?" Nope, because like, Yo. you just almost yeah. messed up the whole block the party. Last time you almost <laughs> ruined this event. So, and can I just no. say, I don't know if I could recover from a friendship like that. Though. Like, <laughs> you ruined my event. Like yeah, that. yeah. <laughs> Luckily, most of the event had happened, I guess. Like, yeah, yeah it was hard to come to back over. The Amorian challenge. So, Sequoia is signaling to Issa to come backstage. Um, and so Issa has to, like, awkwardly exit the interview. Um just hoping against hope that this woman won't do an expose on her um, mm-hmm. goes backstage stage and learns that Crenshawn um, is just going ahead with the vision that he had to begin with. Um, and then he said that he refuses to be a sellout and that um, the way that Issa is treating him is like, she's his savior or something, mm-hmm. um, which is like guy. Calm down. Like, first of all, <laughs> calm down. What are you saying about like <laughs> this doesn't this person has been with you every step of the way here and you just blindsided her. You didn't go about this the right way. And now, of course, she's upset or like worried that she's going to get fired. What do you all think about this? Like we talked a little bit about that. He did it the wrong way. But like, what do you think would have been a more acceptable way to do it? Do you think you would have taken the note or would you just have not done the show? Um, I think Anyone the biggest thing, I, I think the biggest thing though, was some of the language that Issa used during this conflict with like, you know, they didn't even, you know, they, they asked me to do much worse. You could have not been here. You know, when you, when you sling stuff like that at somebody, how, you know, that's why he was mad at her because he, he's like, you're not my savior. You You didn't do this for me. Like I could do this. He thinks he could do this with anybody. So mm-hmm. I think she, I think again, this, this confrontation here was, um, it's just each, each one of them thought, Issa thought she was coming from a place of trying to help him. 
And mm-hmm. he just thought she was trying to stifle his vision. Yeah. So we get the start of the show. Sorry, did you want to say something? Or am I right. just hearing things? Uh, no, I mean, I, I, I felt him in the sense of like, if you have a vision and no matter what they tell you, go ahead and do it. Uh, mm-hmm. So I was feeling that. And uh, I just feel like I would have been a tad more, tad more discreet. Like, okay, yeah. you tell me no. All right, I'm still going to do it, but I'm not going to have <laughs> my people riding their bikes. Or, like, you know what I mean? I would have yeah. like, been just a tad bit more discreet with how I would have made my entrance. But I, I, I really, it resonated with me again because there are time and time again uh, in my work career, my professional career, and my own personal life that I, I feel like... um People tell me no, or they're like, no, mm-hmm. not do it this way. And I feel like um, I follow the rules a lot of the time. And sometimes mm-hmm. I feel like you got to break the rules or you have to like put your stamp on different things. And so I respected that in a lot of different ways. And I was like, I wish I could be more like that in a lot of areas of my life. Yeah. yeah, I just I feel like, you know, it it was it was unprofessional at the end of the day. You know, he did leave her out to dry. And so that that's not great. But yeah, I, I agree with Mari and Bryce here. I think I once heard an interview uh, somebody was doing with a big brother contestant and they told them, like, in order to get the bag, sometimes you have to evolve. Oh. Uh, and that person okay. was Bryce. OK, Bryce said this. <laughs> and I and I took that and I was like, wow, I even text Bryce in the moment. I said, Bryce, what? that was some good stuff right there. Evolve. But I think that that's something that Crenshaw should look at. Like, yeah, you want to be authentic to yourself. But also there are some practices that are not going to be beneficial mm. to you, no matter Ooh. how authentic you are. Yeah. And this one, this one, this is the type of thing to get you blacklisted. Right. Like, because right. Issa mm. will say, oh, well, you have an artist. Yeah, I got Crenshaw, but he only going to do things the way he want to do it all the time. So it's like, oh, mm. let's do somebody who a little bit more malleable let's do somebody who we can you know market a little bit better who will take notes you know because there's something to be said about being able to take direction you know like you can be your own person but you don't know everything nobody does right and so if somebody's giving you some constructive criticism uh, nobody does so if somebody's giving you constructive (laughs) criticism (laughs) Tanya uh, maybe you just take it or you know or you use that as a way to like Bryce said kind of edit yourself to where yeah you're still putting your stamp on it but it's not far left to where it's going to be oh my gosh like I can't work with them anymore because this went well but it could have yeah, not went well. Right. gone very wrong. Yeah. Um, so thank Bryce for that one. <laughs> um, I enjoyed someone yelling into the face of a white man did uh, all my invisibility go to heaven. I, I enjoyed when, that. When I saw that the first thing that came <laughs> to my mind was do you remember when Beyonce was doing like who runs the world girls and then oh, yeah. was, and she Matthew like Morrison. ran up into that white guy's face it was like yes. make this, that what the fuck that guy was like yeah like, <laughs> because yeah that guy from Glee because they were always doing Beyonce <laughs> Mr. Schuster songs wasn't having it <laughs> he was just like okay <laughs> like his yeah. face was hilarious um no. Oh my God, I'm glad that we both understand that cultural touchstone of a moment without <laughs> even like saying what it's about. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that was glorious. Someone should always already be yelling that at the faces of white bosses. Um, well, it's, it's interesting because it's like, 
this is why they were telling you to take notes though, because yeah. he, he, they saw they saw what the vision was, and they were like, a lot of these slurs don't go well a lot of times. Or like, I mean, the, the f word is in big bold letters <laughs> up on the screen for no for no apparent reason, really. It's just we needed a four letter word here, and so we just put f up there. You know, it's just like, yeah. At the same time, you want to make sure that you know it's palatable for whatever the money the providing audience is. You know, and so like Crenshaw can do that performance in different venues, and it'd be fine. Uh, but you know this, and at this time it did work out. But not all venues are going to be right. Crenshaw appreciative. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, like and, and and maybe not all venues are for you. You know what I'm saying? Find a space that that respects you as an artist, where you can do the drummers and the the, the expletives and all that good stuff. But I thought it was wild. Uh, the fashion show was crazy. Like when they were in like full body blood garb. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good fashion Bloody show. Down. Yeah, like Whoa. Cardi B was like somewhere like clapping and uh, screaming like, yeah. No, you mean Kanye, okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh no. Oh gosh. <laughs> no, we never mean Kanye. <laughs> never. Uh, not on this podcast. Um, <laughs> so what do you all think this says overall about Black artists and the care that we do or do not take with artistry? Um, Just to, just, yeah, just to kind of just go back to what I was saying, I think Issa could have gave Crenshaw like the lay of the land and said they want to go with somebody else. They're thinking about it. You know, like they, if you aren't willing to go with their vision, they're willing to go with somebody else. And maybe Crenshaw says, OK, I'll walk. It's fine. And then Issa has to change her uh, her approach. But I think she wanted to win for the black artist and for herself so bad to where she didn't tell him that. She threw that at him, like Mari said, once he mm-hmm. was like, you trying to, you a sellout. She's like, whoa, they didn't even have to go with you. You know, and that's when he mm-hmm. gets defensive. But has she told him from jump, hey, they have notes and they're looking to go in a different direction. Not like they have notes. They still want you, but they have notes. But you should have mm-hmm. been straight up and said, they really, like, this is an opportunity for us to get the bag. Now, if you don't want to get the bag like this i respect that let's go get it in a different way we can come back to you circle the block whatever but she didn't do that and so i feel like she there there were moments where she could have taken more care of her artist as opposed to taking care of her brand and like the bag that she was trying to get so i do think that's some there's something to be said about that and at even at one point he said something like maybe we shouldn't even go with them let's let's wait till somebody for somebody who gets the the vision and she was like Mm -hmm. no we don't want to start all over you know we've been working on this for a year so um how much that was for him versus for her, you know, mm, I, it, right. in the end it works out. So, you know, we can't, can be results oriented, but I mean, it also makes me think though, how many times people ha- like non people of color in a space have seen an idea and were like, no, but mm-hmm. yeah. it actually could have, or would have worked out. There is like this, I, I think that what they touch upon is that like, the fear of sometimes our culture and our our raw natural state is that like you know they no matter what it is it's always like oh oh nelly slow right. it down like you know and sometimes mm-hmm. it's like why does it have to be that way like you know like l- let us be and it can be great so i think that on both sides i definitely see uh where they're coming from but definitely like at times like you know uh in order to get into a room or in order to be in a certain type of light uh at times we have to water ourselves down and I get it. Uh, do I feel like it's right all the time? No. Do I understand it? Yes. But do I feel like there are plenty of Crenshaws out there that are like, I, I, I'm not trying to do that. Uh, mm-hmm. So I definitely think it just 
opens our eyes and touches upon, I feel like a lot of us in like we're around the same age. Like, you know, we see this all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, you know, I feel like us, we, we know how to navigate it and we can kind of like, you know, but there are some people that maybe are not equipped with the skills that we have acquired through college, through like workplaces that maybe just got out of jail and, uh, they don't know. And are they necessarily wrong? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Yeah, and this is why we advocate for representation, like also in like positions of power, because if Issa wasn't in that room to advocate for him, then it would have been on to the next one. You know what I'm saying? Maybe we wouldn't have even gotten, you know, we wouldn't have even gotten this. So this is why we say we need more black people and people of color, like behind the cameras for entertainment, in the boardrooms for CEOs, because how many like stupid, um, corporate things have we saw that have had backlash when we're all like if they had one black person in the right. room yeah. and that, just that wouldn't have applied you know or the opposite like again how 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 many things could have have actually been made or, or or seen the light of day if they had more representation in places of power so how much of this do you all think amounts to respectability respectability politics just, you know, we've talked a lot about needing to be a different person in this, in certain rooms and how that plays. So how much of that do you think is respectability politics? For me, I mean, if we're talking about just in this instance here, I don't think it it's much because technically this is a brand. Nothing but water is a brand that can choose to put their money wherever they feel comfortable putting their their money. You know what I'm saying? It's mm-hmm. so like you, you do have to, it's their money. They can put it wherever they want to. It's not at like w- when Molly in her law office, you know, with Rashida, where that was like straight up, like legit re- respectability politics, you know, bending to the culture, mm-hmm. you know, of the office and stuff like this. I think this is, I think this is more something outside of that box just because we're dealing with, um, we're dealing with a brand that's sponsoring for an event that Issa is trying to put together where she's a representative for an artist. So it's like a non-linear style um, creative force that goes into an event. Um, But that's just my thought. I don't know. Chappelle. Yeah, it's probably like mostly what Mari said for sure. Because like, it doesn't matter which brand you are. uh, Like if I am hiring you, I want what I want, you know, and like, if you don't like that, then you don't have to be the person that I work with, you know? And so mm-hmm. that's, there's always a part of that. But yeah, I think it'd be obtuse to just say that there's, there's none in there, right? Like, like right. I said, Mari's, Mari's 100% correct that it, mm-hmm. it's, it's going to be a business move every time. But yeah, there's unconscious biases all the time. Like this of is course. not only a black artist, but they're working with black. First of all, respectability politics started off with people like discussing black women. And so it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's Issa, a black woman presenting this to a, a like, company and then it's about a more a marginalized you know a uh, person as well like black man who is recently out of jail so it's mm-hmm. like not it there all of that stuff makes up this entire moment and so i feel like yeah there's some in there but some of that stuff you can't avoid because you are who you are and the society is going to look at you the way they they look at you and you are trying to make money off of them and so like you have to be able to say like, maybe this isn't for me or, or maybe I find a space that is for me, but yeah, we, we'd be lying if we said, you know, none of this had to do with like, who were the people in the room and what they were trying to present. Right. Yeah. Okay. So essentially Issa sees this and she's like, well, I'm getting fired. 
Um, <laughs> somebody <laughs> get it fired. Yeah. <laughs> um, <Goodbye> and... <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is why we love having you here. Um, so uh, it turns out, though, that Seth loves getting yelled at, the, at, at like, just like close in his face about invisible people going to heaven. So um, he loved it. And he tells Issa that she was right to push Crenshaw's vision and he would love to give her more funding for future projects. And, you know, Issa feels bad about this for like myriad reasons. <laughs> um, one being, you know, like she had set up this, um, breakfast and got blindsided and like learn what um the company structure i guess really is like um in terms of like you can't necessarily go over someone's head to their boss they're just gonna loop Mm -hmm. that person back in um (laughs) and and then embarrass you over steaks at breakfast um so there you know and there's the fact that you know she didn't push at the end for Crenshaw's vision. She accepted the edits and told Crenshaw that, you know, he was doing her dirty essentially by not respecting the agreement that they had come to in terms of like what the notes were. Um, so yeah, Issa feels really bad about this. Um, but you know, Seth liked the show. So things are only going to go up for her from here. Um, but feeling bad, she texts Nathan after the event and they meet up at Issa's place for a drink. Issa seems, uh, like she's falling asleep. Like we talked about earlier, everybody is too tired. Um, so Nathan says that he's going to take a lift home and Issa asks him to spend the night instead. And he agrees. Um, they get into bed and after Issa thanks Nathan for helping her feel better, um, they start to make out. But before it can get too, like, you know, far along, Issa just burst into tears, which was so heartbreaking to see. It was unexpected for me. Um, You know, I want to talk about like all of the things that we think went into those tears. Cause I think that was like a, like a cauldron of, (laughs) of some kind of like emotional cauldron that happened. So what do we think about this moment and like what it says about Issa at this point in her life? Mari. Um, so one of the things, did you guys notice? So before she texts Nathan, she looks up and she sees a full moon. Mm-hmm. And I, mm-hmm. I wonder if it was a callback to the end of the first episode where, you know, when she broke up with Lawrence, you know, it was on a night of a full moon. Mm-hmm. I wonder if it had like triggered something in her needing that company, knowing she couldn't get the company of the person she actually wanted. So she, you know, texts Nathan instead. So then when we get to the part where she just starts crying in Nathan's arms, it, you know, um, it's very unfortunate, but you, you see it, you saw it coming because she, she just seems so stressed out from her job. She, she, she second guessed herself, even though it should have been a win tonight, you know, for her, mm-hmm. uh, she felt like she didn't go about it the right way. And then, you know, being lobbed, like fell out of her face. Like it just really didn't, she was very much in her head. She was very much in her head about it. And even Nathan really couldn't help her with it, basically. Right. Um, and Especially and, because when she wakes up after he comforts her, he's gone. Uh-huh. So he's not that much help because he leaves. Yeah. Um, it, it, you know, exactly. but yeah, it's like a lot of different things all rolled into one. It's Lawrence. It's 
her job. It's, you know, it's also possible that woman is just tired as hell because she's been (laughs) working constantly. And I can like attest to the fact that when I'm like overly tired, I just get really emotional about everything. Um, I would probably burst into tears while making out with that attractive man as well. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So yeah, all kinds of things were going on there. Um, We talked briefly about um, Nathan's leaving. Do we think like this, it's time for Issa to just be like, okay, done with this guy. Right. At this point. I would say, yes. I, I mean, yeah, I, cause, one, that's not what Nathan signed up for. Um, and so again, I think it's also, you need to know who you're dealing with and like mm-hmm. where, what your relationship is with Nathan. And Nathan is not your emotional buddy. He's mm-hmm. not your mm-hmm. like cuddle buddy. If anything, he is your business partner and maybe possibly business buddy. Biz, like business <laughs> buddy. And maybe if it come down to it, a little hanky panky buddy, but all of that other stuff is very clear that he is, that that's not what he wants. And up until now, I thought Issa knew that. Um, it was like hard for me to see this because, uh, it's almost the side of Issa that we've never really seen. I feel like on the show, Issa has always been like sexually able to express herself. Um, so for it to be this, um, it was kind of like, I, I felt like something like that should be happening to Molly and not Issa. Mm. Um, but definitely for me, uh, when she was looking at the full moon, like Maury said, but also, I thought about when she locked eyes with Crenshaw and like, you know, he just kind of gave her that look like um, sellout or like I told you so. And I think that that just kind of like everything culminating. Um, But for me, yeah, like Nathan leaving is just like just the icing on the cake. Like, yes, this this man is not uh, your friend. Um, Mm -hmm. And if you want to work with him, you need to keep it on that level and that level exclusively mm-hmm. yeah i mean Issa's tears while she was crying she was literally saying i'm not ready i'm not ready like she said yeah. that and so i'm thinking like a year later on the night of a full moon she's thinking i'm ready to just start going back to my old Issa ways you know when you have those weak moments right like like after, like bryce was saying like crenshaw said like gave her the look and so now she's like you know i just need a moment right i just need some you know a body or you know i just need somebody to come yeah. for me in this moment and she looked at nathan like okay come come through you sent the come through message to the come through guy and that's what he did he came through <laughs> and so when when he got ready to leave when he realized okay this was clearly an emotional support night i will be taking my things and going she said no 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 stay right. and he said okay and so next thing you know he did what he thought he was supposed to do which is mm-hmm. come through and so in that moment she's like realizing that no this is not a good move and so i actually was very happy to see these tears because i felt like yeah. this is isa not doing what isa always does which is mm-hmm. when she has an impulse she goes after it you know like it might take a little bit but she's still gonna go after it like with, with the daniel situation in season one she didn't immediately hop in daniel's bed but she didn't stop messaging him on facebook couch. you know yeah. She, couch um, yeah couch and our couch <laughs> um but you know um yeah, but she didn't immediately start doing that. But with Nathan, it's always been impulse. Like the first time they mm-hmm. met, it was just like the Lyft driver. But the next time they were skinny dipping. And then the next time they were on a Ferris wheel, like, you know, uh, giving up the glory. Yeah, that <laughs> that Ferris so, wheel has seen some things. 
It has seen some things. And so because of that, like normal Issa, Issa with Nathan is normally like, okay, back in the bed. Like, remember, she was stalking this man, breaking into his room, like literally breaking yeah. in without a key, Mari. That was but, you know, breaking, <laughs> breaking into his room and trying to hack his computer. So yeah. for her to yeah. have this moment of like, this ain't it. Okay, you know, sometimes, yeah. you know, God will forcibly remove you from a situation That's so, so that you know that like this ain't for you and that you yes. ain't coming back. God really do be like that. All the he time. <laughs> they be, they be, they be like, like that. that all the time. And all the time they be like that. Uh, all right, uh, folks, we need to take another quick break, hear a word from our sponsors, and then we'll be right back to discuss all things Molly in this episode. Okay, and we're back. Molly shaved her head, everyone. <laughs> Molly a baddie. Molly's Molly so fine. shaved her head. Mm-hmm. Oh, Molly of the wigs and weave that we love. She had a different hairstyle all the time. I loved it so much. As shaved her head, what do we think of our new look? Chappelle, we already know that you approve. So fine. So fine. That mm-hmm. hold on to your love in vogue. Um, <laughs> yeah. 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 I was like, I did when she showed up at the at the party, at the uh, at the event, and she like got the like the the nineties with the black with the chain. gold chain and the black. Yeah. I was like, Yeah, come on, come come through. Yeah, go off, Molly. Uh yeah. Molly's face card will never be declined. Like she yeah. can Daddy. hold hold this haircut so much props to her because not my round fat head so. Seriously, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> Bryce what do you think I think it's great I, I love when uh, people uh, get to a point where they can literally be, find their own beauty in, in, in themselves and I think that mm-hmm. Molly is at a point in her life where you know she is at professionally excelling um, in the love chapter is uh maybe a little questionable but like you know sometimes you have to like really like strip down to your authentic self and really mm-hmm. love yourself from that place and not with the makeup the hair the the fat the shoes and so i think that like that is for me the sign of like molly growing and really like truly loving yourself and owning your flaws and owning the things that you've like messed up in the past so i love to see uh this new molly yeah, it's so good for her to be self-actualizing. Um, you know, she is looking at her old, like, dating app. You know, we'll get back to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she's looking at her old, old dating app and being like, I was doing the absolute most. Like, two degrees? Seriously? I get the no kids <laughs> thing. I get that. But, like, the the requirement, like a two-degree minimum, <laughs> like a drink minimum, was <laughs> really funny. Um, mm-hmm. so we find Molly at her parents' house. I really adore her parents because they seem like such a strong team. Um, and you know, you, you know that they have been through like some rough things in their marriage and they're still together and making it work. So I love to see this couple whenever they're on the show. Um, and, uh, Molly essentially asked for their will because they're, they'd been talking about estate planning. Um, and this was written on a piece of yellow notebook paper, probably like from a legal pad or something. <laughs> um, not to say that it wouldn't be legally binding, but that's not exactly estate planning. Um, then, um, so I'm really, first of all, I'm just glad that they're, we're talking about this on this show because it's such an issue, um, in the black community where we don't have accumulated generational wealth. So what are we supposed to do ever 
Um, but also like when we retire or, uh, if we pass away, like what are our family members supposed to do? Like what are, what are your wishes? And so, so many people die intestate nowadays, which is just a legal word that means without a will. Um, that it, it's, it's wild. Like, like everybody in my family who has ever died has died without a will. Um, because mm-hmm. I, I don't know if they thought that they had nothing to bequeath to, to people. But that's never true. Um, and yeah, it's just like a really big issue. Um, what do you think, Bryce, about them um, talking about this, even if briefly? Um, I love it because, um, again, I, I feel like I say this over and over. <clears throat> it is, I feel like a stage in my life where I'm at, like where I realize my parents are not, or my mom is not getting any younger. And um you know, a a lot in the black community, we don't like to talk about death or we don't like to, you know, mm-hmm. even think about the planning of that. But there is definitely importance. And um, I can't tell you how many times in my family when someone has died, the fights over who going to get this or mm-hmm. who's controlling this or like, and it, it, countless, they always say like weddings and funerals bring out the worst in people. Mm-hmm. And it is the yeah. truth. So true. And, uh, I definitely think like planning ahead is um so important. And I've like, <clears throat> I had this conversation with my mom before <clears throat> because I know my brothers and um <laughs> I'm like, I'm not doing that. Like I, I'm the Terry of the family. Uh, we talk soul food, <laughs> but like, I'm not, I, I, like, yeah, no, but I definitely love the fact that they are highlighting this because I do feel like in the black community, uh, these are very real issues that I'm sure every family has seen. Every, like, it's just, uh, extremely important. And, um, I encourage anyone that's listening that has not had this conversation with like, your parents or your grandparents, like it, it's important to start the conversation because it is needed. Uh, no one, no, tomorrow is not promised to anyone. Um, exactly. People yeah. really do think they're going to live forever during the time of a pandemic and rapid global warming for some <laughs> reason. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm glad that they're talking about this. Um, it is hilarious that they were like, here's a sheet of paper. Uh, Molly gets really frustrated and reminds them they need to handle their, their business, basically. But then they are interrupted by the arrival of Herbert, um, which is not just my uncle's name anymore, but an actual character on this show. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, so that was jarring. Um, so Molly's mom tries to set Molly up with Herbert, who is a man, which is a small man, and um, who looks like he could pass for Molly's father. Um, it, but mm-hmm. it turns out that Herbert is hilarious because he reworks trap songs and the children's kids choir songs. <laughs> and I just want to know, what do you all think about that song, Jesus Gang? <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what song it was a rework. Okay. Like, I, what? Like, I, I, I think this was an original composition. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I don't. Listen, I, I might be in the minority on this one, but I'll say it. I don't love when the organist gets a little fancy in the uh, on Sundays to, to, to cater to the kids. Like, I should not be hearing drunken love in, in, in uh, no. the church service. We pray all night. Like, no, we don't. No, we uh, don't. Uh, uh, yeah, it's like I'm like no, do my surfboard. Right. Yeah, but, but but that is common. I mean, I, I can't speak for where y'all at, but down south, like 
Texas? Oh, yeah. You'll be in there and listen and be like, did he just throw lollipop in there by the way? Oh. Like, you know, and then you'll be trying to figure out, well, what is the lyrics? And so, now nah, for me, um, Herbert is a person that exists. Uh, and, you know, the only reason uh, Molly's parents wanted to hook her up is because he plays the organ and she likes music. So, I mean, match made in heaven. Mm. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh, Bryce. I, 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 oh, I'm sorry. I just really like no, when go she ahead. goes sorry. to show the picture of it, the him to Issa, and Issa's like, "Oh, his father's cute. Show me him. Show me him. Show me him." But first of all, it's the God <laughs> in me. Uh, that's about okay. Now what you don't know is well, when, you it's the god in me. Oh my goodness! Not the trap, not It's the god in me. So Molly lets her mother know that she's not focused on dating right now. Um, but then her mother plays the oldest card in the book. The mom uh, card for for some people. <laughs> um, you're getting <laughs> too old to be alone. It's that card. Um, where she says your father is going to have to roll you down the aisle. In a wheelchair because he'll be old because you are too old. Jeez. And that's just what my life is like. Um, <laughs> but, you know, other than that, um, that was just like a lot to hear. Um, Molly has always put so much pressure on herself in her dating life. Why do you all think that is? Clearly her mama. Her mama. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Ma- Mama Molly was like, oh, you're taking care of yourself. That's cool. But in the next two years, you're going to be dating. In the next two years, you're going to yeah. get married. And then that's going to be four years from now. And then your daddy going to be old. So right. hurry this up. Like she put a pressure on herself because she was reared to do it that way. Yeah. 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 That makes this sense. This is clearly the root. We have gotten to the root. <laughs> it is her mom. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, and, and not for the listeners, because I, I don't want to get into this because a very long conversation but i i I'd, um check out what the code switch podcast on npr where they talk about marriage as a construct that you know uh when straight white couples get married a lot of times it benefits their mental health um just the idea that they're married because these couples are normally coming from situations where they are come from two-parent household uh traditionally and that now that they are unionizing they can like oh like now my wealth and your wealth can meet and now we can create generational wealth for our families and we can be in spaces that we normally won't be in or that space that our parents been in so it, it, it does increase that for cis white couples uh, however that is not seen in interracial couples all the time and not in black couples uh, primarily black couples all the time either there have been studies that show that and so maybe the emphasis on marriage is uh, is something that people should explore a lot deeper than just you getting older that maybe that the certain the things that you are clamoring for aren't necessarily the reasons why you should be clamoring for them and so just something to check out if you haven't already listened to something like that uh check it out because uh i was like oh that's interesting um yeah and i thought the information was valid especially in these conversations yeah and it's also been proven that um married people who are married seem to do better in their careers. Mm-hmm. Um, they're perceived as being more responsible in their careers, which me- makes them more likely to like get promotions and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why like one of the tricks they tell you when you're going for a job interview to put a, a wedding ring on or something like that, especially for men, it works way more for men. If, if, if like a married man applies for a job, he's more likely to get it because the assumption is that he needs to provide for uh, his family. Let me 
Give me a ring real quick. I just need to put that on. You think that will work for me? Wow. Yeah, I'm like, let me put some. Yeah. Bryce, get your ring. We want to go plop on the top. Statistics that I've ever heard. That is just. Ugh. That just makes me upset in like several different ways. Makes me want to buy a ring. God. Ugh. So, um, Molly is going to get back out there um, in terms of dating. She's rejoining her dating app. And then she gets reflective and we start to see kind of like flashbacks um, of her old relationships and fits and starts. And we start to think about, or Molly starts to think about, uh, and I guess the audience does too, what she really wants in a partner. And it's, you know, something that she's having difficulty with. Um, We talked already about the former dating app, um, like, you know, she was on that app, the league. She was like, very like, you know, get these dates in because it's a numbers game kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we kind of like realized that this whole time, Molly has just been really like af- too afraid to move on, um, too afraid to like be with someone else. Um, so, she calls her mom to apologize for being so um, insistent that they do estate planning. And her mom tells her that they all have to push through fear sometimes to get where they want to be. Um, This I think is solid sound advice. Do you all agree Mm -hmm. with this? And if so, what's um, a fear that you've had to push through in order to achieve your goals? Bryce, you want to go first? Because you have the most goals achieved. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't know about that, but uh, I, 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 I definitely relate to Molly uh so much in this episode. That's why my thing say Molly is me in the sense of in like the dating aspect of it. Like, I feel like I have like this requirement, and um, at any point in that requirement um if you i feel like you don't meet the standard of what i'm looking for then it's like a no for me and there's so many times that my friends are like well you don't really want to meet anybody um and i'm like (laughs) maybe that's true i i don't know um but you know for me there hasn't been much representation in my life or in my community of like what a queer black couple looks like and so i just Mm -hmm. i don't have the knowledge of it i don't i've never i've never seen a black gay couple uh male uh in a long-term relationship and so like you Mm -hmm. know i've come to the 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 essence or the conclusion that it's fear um that i you know I, I only see what I see on TV. Um, so I just really resonated with Molly in the sense I feel like my mom is always like, you know, you should, like, my mom's like, you should bring somebody home for Thanksgiving or like, you know, <laughs> and, uh, that's in somewhat of my mom's way of saying, like, I, I don't want you to be alone. I like, you know, um, and mm-hmm. so I, I can definitely say a fear of mine is like, you know, I, I don't want to be older and alone. Um, and so, more recently, I feel like I have been allowing my walls to <laughs> pause. I feel, I feel like I've been the glory. Hallelujahs! <laughs> <laughs> I every have you been, <laughs> I'm not doing this with Chappelle. The, the construct. No, that's the even worse one. Um, I feel like I've been letting go of a lot like of the things. Trapped in a glass cage yes. of emotion right now. I am. 
But I feel like I've been letting a lot of the things that I would say are like deal breakers or different things. And I've been letting things to happen a lot more organically or like maybe, I don't know. And maybe this seems vain, but for me, it's like very big of me to like just open to different possibilities that in my mind, again, like I said, like growing up as like a black gay man, I always was like, I don't want to be old gay and in love like i was like oh that's repulsing and again the more i think about it it's like you know because i have never seen it i've never seen the beauty of it and so just uh for me to just allow different things and for me to be like you know 30 and dating is for a big step and so i just see the change in molly which i feel like is the change in me and again which is why i love watching the show because it's just like are y'all peeking into my life like because i feel like y'all be hitting home <laughs> far too much this show is just so good at cutting to the core of everyone's emotional gambit and just exposing us for who we are and, you know, showing us that it's okay to, because, you know, we've never had representation like this before on television. And the fact that, you know, this is like an HBO prestige show that airs with a lead in time from like one of the HBO's biggest current prestige shows succession, you know, and it's so everybody this season is so confident in terms of like knowing where this story is going, knowing these characters, knowing what they want for them. And it's just storytelling at its finest for me um, when you can find something for yourself in it too. Um, So, yeah. So, um, Anybody else have a fear that they had to push through? I don't want to I don't want to jump on anyone else's fears. Um well, for me, I've always had to um push through. I I am a very regimented person. I like a plan. <laughs> I love good outline. I love being very practical. That is not only the Taurus in me, but the number 6 in me. Yes. Uh, so, um every time that I have gone out of a, on a limb and been like F it I'm gonna do it it has brought me like great joy in my life and I, I can literally say that and I'm still afraid to just you know um, <laughs> just put myself out there but like you know from finding my dog on Craigslist and being like sure let's go let's go uh-huh. pick her up today to um, dropping my, my whole career and being like, I'm just going to go travel to like the middle of North Carolina and we'll figure it out after that, you know? Um, And then, you know, finally just also just making the leap of faith of being like, you know, I went through like a pretty rough relationship, but I think I'm going to give like my best friend a chance with my husband now, you know what I'm saying? Like, it it always for me whenever I've just kind of just let go and and be like whatever happens happens it's always worked out for me, but it's always that that fear that constant fear because I don't like the unknown I don't like just being like yeah. oh whatever happens happens I'm not a flexible person <laughs> so yeah. so that that's definitely something I've had to um, deal with and you don't still deal with to this day but like I said but even this like my current role um, during the pandemic just being like quitting the the profession that I've been doing for I have been doing since I got out of college for like nine years and being like well you know I'm gonna try a whole different occupation and see how it works out for me and now you know I'm, I'm I am where I'm at so yeah that that's always been my biggest fear and that's something that I, I'm constantly um pushing against 
Chappelle, tell us your fears. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. Next question. <laughs> okay. You've overcome nothing. <laughs> Wonderful. Still waiting to do that. <laughs> <laughs> we shall overcome someday. Um, <laughs> you know, someday. Um, so, yeah. So, meanwhile, Molly goes on a first date. She tries to embrace the change. Um, you know, this is going to be, and she's also embracing a new like work um, project. It seems she's going to be doing a case with Torian. And we all know that there is Torian married. Have we seen a ring on Torian? I mean, sometimes I you know. wear a ring just to get an interview and get your job. Right. So we, we, don't, we don't know. We don't know. <laughs> but given that he's already that. got this job, I was yeah. wondering if we saw a ring. But the reason did I'm he asking, look like the boss there though? In that clip, she he did give her the go ahead, but I don't know if it's the boss yeah. or if it's just that he was on the project before her. You know, like Latanya's mm-hmm. saying. So yeah. I can't really tell. I have to watch it back. Yeah, because I couldn't see. I didn't see any of the other bosses. But yeah, we got to give it another look through. Yeah. Um, the reason I'm asking is because I know TV shows love to do this. Like they love to take people who have like some kind of like animus between them and then like make them a couple. So mm. I, I'd been on like couple watch for Torian and Molly since she started working at her new firm. Interesting. Um, if he's not married, uh, because I apparently have paid no attention to the man's hands. <laughs> um, <laughs> So, yeah. Um, So, yeah, we see her go on this first date. This looks exactly like a guy that I dated once. So, like, I'm all in. Um, (laughs) So, we can, can, like, end the episode kind of feeling hopeful for Molly. Um, Yeah. Which is a good thing. And a stark contrast to Issa, because Molly has felt like she's ready to get back out in the dating pool. I think by recognizing that she's nothing like what she she has been over the series. I love that flash stuff, all the flashbacks of the series stuff. Mm-hmm. Like with us just so freshly going through the whole series, I, I loved it. I was like, oh yes, like remind <laughs> the people, remind the people how desperate she's to be. And so I think she realized like she's no longer at that place. So because she's no longer at that place, she might be actually ready to date and and know what she wants. And it's just the complete antithesis of Issa, because Issa is crying breaking down like i yeah. can't do this. yeah so this is going such through a, some things yeah this was such a hopeful high note to leave on mm-hmm. all right this brings us to Chappelle's music corner Chappelle, what stood out for you in this episode <laughs> give us all the deets all the good spill yeah yeah, per usual, the track list is amazing. Uh, we had where, uh, the Miguel and, uh, Taney, I think it is, the Sunshine was how we opened the show up. We had some Get Me Some by, uh, Toki Monster. We had Freeze by, uh, Kari Fo. And I love that song. That song made me stop. I had to stop and re- rewind it a little bit. I was like, okay, we'll talk about that later. Uh, Make a Mad by Big Boss and, uh, and Vet. Uh, you Got It by Larry June. I know a lot of people love Larry June. We had some Dom Kennedy in here, Moving Fast. Uh, Out of the Window by Ice Cold Bishop. Moving On by India Sean. Lay by Black Party. And Icarus's, uh, 
well, I'm sorry, Icarus by Fanna Hughes. Um, but I do want to highlight one of these artists, uh, Malik Flint, known professionally as Black Party. Um, he is a singer, songwriter, producer, originally from Little Rock, Arkansas, but he ends up moving to LA after uh, collaborating or while he was collaborating with the Childish Gambino. So he started off in a group called Flint Eastwood, but then once he moved to, uh, once he, yeah, once he broke, uh, the, well, once the group broke up, he ends up going solo as a, a Black Party. And the way Black Party is written is B, like lowercase B, capital L-A, because that's where he moved to, uh, C-K, and then P, uh, capital A-R, for Arkansas, because that's where he's from. And I think that's super cool. Uh, but yeah, 2014 comes out with a prototype mixtape, moves to LA, uh, works with Gambino on the, you know, the Awaken My Love album, which is, if you haven't checked that Such out, a, check that out. But also, he's done, yeah, and he's done soundtracks for other TV scores like uh, Dear White People and Atlanta and of course, mm-hmm. Insecure. And so he's been doing a lot of this. He executive produced uh, Foe's uh, album as well. Um, and so it was good to hear him uh, here on Insecure. So if you haven't checked Malik Flint out, a.k.a. Black Party, please do so. And that ends Chappelle's Music Corner. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Just incorrigible. I think there's mm-hmm. nothing we can do with you. Um, nothing else. <laughs> no. All right. So we're going to get to some odds and some ends um, and some feedback. We have a single piece of feedback, which I'm fine with. Um, it's more than zero. <laughs> Um, so first of all, like, what, what is everyone ta- wants take on Sequoia? Do we, how much do we love Sequoia? Sequoia, <laughs> we She's love awesome. With her, yes. her pancakes in the bag. <laughs> she packs yeah, like That's a warmer for, for them. them. Yeah. yeah. She's smart and competent. And it's good to know that Issa has someone like her on her team. So that's good. Yeah. Um, do you all have last wills and testaments? No. No, I should get on it now that I like own a house or whatever. Uh, mm. Make sure you spell my name. I'm not trying directly. to be morbid on Halloween. <laughs> I'm, I'm not trying to be morbid on Halloween. I'm just asking because planning for the future is very important. Yeah, I'm just but waiting yeah. on Bryce and Mari need- to send me my documents so yeah. I can sign them. Where are the documents? I'll be getting the things. Yes. <laughs> now it's all of my dependents. <laughs> <laughs> Add me to the list. Damn, yeah. why are so all greedy? your dependents now? Right. Right. my debt to Chappelle. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're going to get into our piece of feedback here uh, about Season 5, Episode 2. This comes from the Insecure Discord, um, which you'll learn more about how you can be a part of that later. Um, and it's from Marissa G. And Marissa writes, Parts of Molly's storyline in this episode are so relatable. I am constantly talking about estate planning with my parents because their plan is pretty much like a sheet of paper. I love Molly's Embrace the Change before her date, too. And as someone who is getting back into dating, it really hit home. Overall, so glad to see the um, Issa and Molly uh, growing, see Issa and Molly growing and supporting each other again. So that's from Marissa. Thank you for your feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we those that hit a lot of points that we've talked about already, right? Like how just yeah. everything hit home with us in this episode. Um, it's good that it was like a universal, like, you know, this hit home, it feels like. Yeah. Um, and we, let's just thank everybody else who might give us feedback because we are coming like live directly after the show. Mm-hmm. So we might catch it a little bit later. We later. do we'll, it live. Yeah. Right? So we'll, um, we'll definitely read it, try and read all the feedback that we get. 
Yeah, I'm sure. Even if it's a week later. <laughs> yes. Very, very true. Please send us your feedback. Um, you can do so by um, sending us an email at uh, insecure at post-show recaps. Again, the email address is insecure at post-show recaps. Um, we'll get into our plugs a little bit later so you learn how you can get in touch with us. But first of all, um, we need to discuss the Patreon. Um, the main thing is that we just want people to um, be a part of this community that we have created and support the arts because podcasting is an art, apparently. Um, <laughs> so essentially, you just need to go to patreon.com forward slash post show recaps. Again, that's patreon.com forward slash post show recaps. Support post show recaps at any level that you're able to do. Um, and signing up at any level makes it possible for us to do these podcasts. It also gives you access to our patron discord, which is just the place to be really like before mm-hmm. I really do any of my Twitter material. I try it out first on the patron discord just to see how it's going to go. Um, there's like a million different shows that are covered here, a million different movies that are covered on here. And we play a lot of really fun games too. So it's a whole community of people, um, like-minded individuals who like podcasting and, uh, stuff as well. So support us at patreon.com forward slash post show recaps. Okay. Um, before we wrap up, Let's go around the room and talk about what we're doing and um, do our social media plugs. Bryce, as our esteemed guest, I can't believe this is coming to an end. No. Uh, it should last, make it last forever, Bryce. <laughs> um, make it last forever. <laughs> make it last. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm so glad that happened. Um, so what do, you, what do you got for us? Where can people find you? What are you up to? Yes. Uh, I thank you so much for the pleasure and the honor to be with you guys. Uh, yes, you can follow, find me on all social media platforms at Bryce Isaiah, B-R-I-C-E-I-Z-Y-A-H. Every Tuesday, we drop a new episode of the Purple Pants Podcast. So listen, come get your life. And you know, me and Wendell have been taking our Bryce and Wynn Presents uh, watch parties on tour. And we have a new one coming up in Philadelphia so you can pop on in. Uh, it's the 17th. You can click the link in my bio or Wendell's bio for tickets. And yeah, you know, just keep up with your baby boy. I be trying to do the TikToks now. And listen, I tip my hat off to the TikTok <laughs> creators. Okay? Because I've had to pay my niece about like $60. that was like, come over <laughs> and show me what to do. Okay? So listen, I... I tip my head off to all the creators. But yes, thank you guys so much for having me. It's been so much fun. Yeah, I don't think that we could have asked for a better guest. Um, mm-hmm. I'm I'm just being honest. Um, <laughs> Chappelle, <laughs> where can people find you? What are you up to? Are you still trapped in the land of the walking dead? I, of course I am. So every week on this very podcast <laughs> network, Post Show Recaps, I am covering the walking dead along with Josh Wiggler, 
Jessica Lee and AJ Mass. Um, the Walking Dead World Beyond, Fear the Walking Dead as well. So yeah, I'm just talking about zombies on post show recaps. Uh, also on Rob has a podcast. I am talking about Netflix shows with Rob Sister Nino. So every week on nothing but Netflix, we talk about a new Netflix show. Uh, last week, um, I don't remember what we did last week. You was it you? I think we did you yeah, on you Netflix. You. And, yeah, and that mm-hmm. was a fun time. But we've also done Squid Game, Seinfeld, and Great British Bake Off. This week, I think we're doing Shameless. So if you're uh, oh, wow. into Netflix shows, yeah. you want to hear what's, what's hot, <laughs> what's new, what's new to Netflix, what may just be new to you, or you just want to hear me talk some more, check that out. And then on Silent Podcast, uh, Sasha Joseph and I are covering Never Have I Ever Season 2 episodically. So every week, Sasha and I are talking about my favorite Netflix show currently. Uh, and so we're almost, I think we're halfway done. And so uh, we got a few more weeks of Never Have I Ever. So check that out as well. Follow Silent Podcast. Follow Rob Has a Podcast on, you know, Post your recaps on all your podcast catchers. And then, of course, follow me on Twitter at Chappelle's underscore show. That's C-H-A-P-P-E-L-L-S underscore show. All right. And that's it. All right. <laughs> the block is um, hot. And so are yes. you. What do you got going on? <laughs> Thank you. Uh, every week, you can find me on the Wrestling Half Up podcast, uh, where me and Matt Scott go over the highlights in the week of wrestling. We just talked to some very special RHAP guests. You can find all of your favorite podcasters on there. Um, we've had everybody who's on this panel on before. So just go check us out. We break down the weird, wild, wonderful world of wrestling. Um, and you don't even have to watch in order to listen to, to us. Uh, we had a great one this week. Um, we just had, uh, Maggie Morgan on, uh, yes. <laughs> it was very, very mm-hmm. fun. It's always amazing talking to Maggie. And of course, every week here on Insecure. And then you can find me on Twitter at, at Mari Talks Too Much. That's two like the number two. And um, that's where you can um, send me any any wrestling, any Insecure. I'm always watching The Bachelor, Bachelorette, you know, mm-hmm. The Challenge. I'm watching everything. So uh, feel free to at me. Mari is watching everything, so you don't have to. Also, yeah. Mari is convincing me to watch everything, so you double don't yeah. have to. Um, <laughs> all right, uh, I'll go last. Um, you can find me here each week with just these gems of people talking about Insecure, the final season. Um, this podcast is going to drop on a Monday. Um, and if the, we, in the future we find that this is a more convenient like format for us to record, um, then we will be dropping episodes on Mondays. Um, so we will keep you all posted on how that's going to go. Um, you can uh, find me on Instagram at Stormborn1222. That's Stormborn1222 because I was born during a storm, just like Daenerys Targaryen. Um, and you can find me on Twitter at LK Starks, where I will be tweeting about pretty much all of the things all of the time. Like I tweeted about squid game a lot yesterday <laughs> because that just really hit me um, in a late way. Um, this is like, right. <laughs> um, just a late, late way. Um, but yeah, um, I will also be, joining um Jersh Wurgler, I think is his name. I don't really know him. I hear that he podcasts sometimes. Um I'll be joining him um as we podcast about Dexter New Blood, which um is coming out pretty soon. It is an actual TV show that people have spent money to produce. <laughs> um, so we're gonna talk about it and it's gonna be a lot of fun. 
Um, you will also be able to find me soon on the Movie Ladder podcast. I'll be talking about Serial Mom that's coming up this week. Ooh. And yeah, um, that's like a touchstone movie for me. So I'm One excited of my to favorite watch movies it again. As a kid. Yeah, I'm really don't excited know why. to watch it again. I don't, I have an idea. Not appropriate for kids. <laughs> <laughs> it's perfect for kids. Um, <laughs> um, and then I'll be talking about Halloween Kills on, um, the, Post show recaps theater show podcast. Um, I'll be talking about the worst horror movie that I have seen in recent memory, and it's called Halloween Kills. Halloween almost killed me. That's how bad <laughs> it was. So, um, yeah, follow me at LK Starks on Twitter, at Stormborn1222 on Instagram. Bryce, thank you again. You are a luminary. You are never imaginary we love you <laughs> and we really appreciate you coming on this show tonight it's just oh. glorious of course thank you guys so much for having me please come back uh, let's, let's do it <laughs> all right spicy um and then <laughs> for for Chappelle and mari this is me signing off thank you all for listening and have a wonderful night bye bye With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in business into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Save big money and transform your home with new appliances now at Menards. We offer the lowest prices and the largest in-stock appliance selection ready to take home today. Check out top appliance brands, including KitchenAid, Maytag, Whirlpool, Amana, and Criterion. Upgrade your home and save big money on new appliances at Menards. Shop our entire selection of appliance options online today at Menards.com. Save big money.